Welcome to Financial R&R, a show dedicated to financial insurance and risk management solutions and trends shaping the market today. Here are your hosts, Ron Boris and Ryan Farnsworth. Well, welcome everyone. This is Ryan Farnsworth with Alliant Financial Institutions and yet with yet another edition of Financial R&R where we discuss trends and topics and issues that are impacting financial institutions. And we're actually here to talk about a topic today that impacts more than just financial institutions, which is cybersecurity, ransomware attacks, and, and to talk a little bit about what needs to be said that hasn't been said or addressed before. As we all know, ransomware attacks are, are nearing an all-time high, according to FBI data. But what's been alarming to all of us has been the losses that have been associated with those ransomware attacks in the last 12 to 18 months. And we're gathered on the heels of the the Casilla attack. And we want to talk a little bit about why that was a big deal, why this was different. And and with me, we have our Alliance Specialty Claims and Cyber Specialists, Steve Chappelle, David Finns, and Mattia Marks. Welcome, everyone. So from a from a claims perspective and with your expansive knowledge and, and background, why is Casilla is such a big deal. Why is this different? Why, why should our clients care more about this than, than others that they've heard? So what makes this one of the most noteworthy events that have happened in recent years, and it's not singular in this regard, but it's what makes it uh, distinctive, if you will, is apart from the fact that it's indiscriminate in nature and it sort of ricochets around the globe once it's been released, and also apart from the fact that these aren't necessarily even the largest service providers out there. It's the fact that the ransomware is emanating from a managed service provider, or even more to the point, a root um, managed service provider that services others. And the problem with that has to do with remediation. Normally, what happens is your service provider provides a software update. It's automatically installed on your system, and that patches whatever it is that they are looking to safeguard against. Well, what happens when the provider of those software updates are themselves the one that is being attacked? You can't remediate the way you normally would because their system is infected. And in fact, what has happened here is that Casilla's network was used to push out through these service providers malware rather than a software update. So the only way to stop that is to essentially shut off connection to Casilla and those networks in order to sort of contain this. But that doesn't do anything about the fact that many systems were already infected. A patch is not going to help you once you've actually been infected with the ransomware. They poisoned the river, essentially, right? And and everyone downstream had to deal with the after effects. And there's a lot of layers to these types of discussions. So, Mattia, from your perspective, what is it that firms should be doing and thinking about when it comes to these types of issues? I mean, I think that it's very important for clients and companies in general to be talking about cyber risk management in general and making sure that they're doing everything that they can to be prepared and testing out their plans in advance of having to deal with one of these issues and making sure that if there is insurance, that the IT department and the legal department is aware of how the insurance operates and knows who to notify in the risk management department should you need to to notify someone so that you're not trying to figure that out in the midst of dealing with a situation. You know, further to your point, Mattia, on preparation, right? Preparation, preparation, preparation. Regulators, SEC and 
state regulators like New York's guidance they gave June 30th on ransomware attacks, right? That's the theme is you need to prepare, right? And giving more and more detailed guidance on, you know, not only preventing ransomware, but preparing for it. So it's a great point that we, particularly David and and some of his people are are spending a lot of time on this point. Steve, you said it, the regulators are, are becoming more front and center on these issues. David, what's your perspective on, on the regulators and the government stance in stepping up on these matters? So the New York State Department of Financial Services, which regulates many of the financial institutions operating in New York or have a headquarters in New York, they issued guidance that basically consisted of two components. One had to do with reporting ransomware to the department, which is what they are requiring is for regulated entities to give notice of any cyber incident no later than 72 hours after it has occurred, actually, you know, sooner if possible. And then the second component has to do with preventing ransomware. And they've given a list of several measures, several security controls that they expect regulated entities to have in place in order to minimize their exposure to ransomware. Not coincidentally, these are many of the same controls that cyber insurance underwriters are looking for their policyholders to put into place. So while compliance with a regulation does not in and of itself equate to security, and it doesn't guarantee that you will not have an attack, from a standpoint of saying, what did you do to prevent this from a standard of care, it's important to take heed with respect to these requirements and make sure that you can at least demonstrate that you've put these minimal controls in place. To piggyback on what David's saying about the NYDFS, the SEC issued back in February of 2018 guidance regarding cybersecurity disclosures for public companies. And the Division of Enforcement is now looking at whether companies may have failed to disclose that they were a victim of the recent solar wind tax and violation of the securities laws. In fact, late last week, the division sent out a number of investigative letters seeking information from companies regarding their exposure to solar winds. And they also said that in exchange for providing that requested information, that they would not forward, move forward with an enforcement action against those companies on those grounds. Uh, we also learned late last week that the SEC levied its very first monetary fine against the companies stemming from a cybersecurity risk management failure. So I definitely think that we're going to be seeing more actions from the SEC in this regard in the near future. Question for you, David, is it a good thing that regulators and the government in particular are stepping up the way that they are uh, on these types of issues? Well, I'm glad to see that there's attention being devoted to the issue, because obviously, once these regulations are in place, we expect the vast majority of organizations will comply for purposes of avoiding being in the regulator's crosshairs. But again, I don't think that we can rely upon regulations to solve the problem. We cannot regulate our way out of this ransomware crisis. There needs to be a cultural shift on the part of organizations and their employees to be aware of good cyber hygiene. You could have the best controls in place, but if one phishing email manages to get through a filter and an employee clicks on it, it could end up infecting an entire network. So you're never going to be able to regulate away this exposure, but what you can do is begin to implement the controls that Again, both regulators and, for that matter, insurance underwriters are looking for so that you are in the best position to thwart an attack or minimize the damage once one has occurred. 
And in fact, we are advising our clients around those controls, and we have a prioritization list that we can offer to clients so that they can address these in the near, medium, and long term and better position themselves when they approach the insurance market, when they approach the underwriters to obtain coverage. And further to that point, David, right, I I think most of our clients really get that regulators standards here are, are, are not going to be that helpful. As we've seen over the decades, right, regulators are always behind in kind of the state of the art, right? You look at financial markets, right? The regulations always lag behind the current Reactive. need. So, yeah. And so thankfully, I can guarantee that our clients are way ahead of regulators and thinking miles ahead of current standards, right? It's, it's great that there, you know, there's some forced standards, but I think regulation is is not going to be, to David's point, a solution here. The commercial marketplace is going to find much more advanced and quicker solutions. Well, the problem with regulations is we're fighting the last war, right? The threat environment continually changes, and I would expect (coughs) underwriters to be more nimble in saying, hey, these are the claims that we're seeing, and here is how they are being executed, right? These attacks are being perpetrated by these threat actors in a certain manner, and therefore, here are the controls that would have prevented them. And they're able to gather that data and change their underwriting posture because it's their capital at stake in a matter of weeks or months, not years. So what's next? As we think about helping our clients and what Alliance doing, David, you referred to various exercises through a submission process that we are working with our clients to help manage their cybersecurity risk, of course, prepare their policies to have the most state-of-the-art coverage as we work with the legal and claims team here within Alliant. What is it that clients can be doing now so that they're not the next you know, headline in the Wall Street Journal for, for a ransomware attack? So as I mentioned, many of the controls that the regulators are eyeing reflect, they mirror several of the factors, the controls that the underwriters are looking at as well. Multi-factor authentication is probably the lowest hanging fruit in terms of controls that companies need to put in place. Patch management is also important. Anti-phishing training for employees. And and again, we have a a prioritization list that we can share with clients to help walk them through this. Additionally, many, if not most, primary underwriters of cyber insurance are now requiring something called a ransomware supplemental questionnaire, which provides a few dozen questions around the controls that a company has in place. And they are even going as far as saying, we can't offer coverage until you address these vulnerabilities or We will offer coverage subject to your correcting these prior to or within a certain number of days after binding. From our standpoint, the best way to approach the markets is to address those controls beforehand and position you in the best possible way. So again, we use the ransomware supplemental questionnaire as a gut check to see whether, in fact, you have the controls in place that will allow us to position you in the best possible light and see what you can do to get many of those implemented as possible before we go to the underwriters so we can get you more favorable coverage terms. And then I would also add, too, that clients should definitely take advantage of all the resources that are available to them in the policy for pre-breach services. 
so that, again, you can undertake a tabletop exercise, have uh, firms endorsed onto your policy that you might want to use, that you're not fighting that fight as you're trying to deal with a ransomware event at the same time. Steve, from a claims perspective, what can firms be doing? We're, we're talking about preparing them through renewal and underwriting processes. From a claims perspective, what can we be thinking about? Apart from kind of the tabletop exercise and the preparation that uh, David and Mattia were talking about, right? In, in the event of a claim, right, people here at Alliant and at the insurance company are really good at this, right? We have people who do this all day, every day both here and in insurance companies. And so, um, you know, the, the thing to do is to reach out early and often, right? And get people engaged that do this for a living. And Mattia talked about, and I think David talked about the coaches and the vendors that want to have relationships with. Having them lined up in advance is critical. And, the, and then executing, right? Reaching out early and executing because it is a fire drill. I'm telling you, when this happens, it's all hands. And when you have an event like this involving thousands of other companies, it is a fire drill. And, and we need to be prepared, not only with the tabletop exercise, but the, with the appreciation that there's thousands of other companies going through this at the same time. And we need to be nimble and responsive. So moving fast and having a lot of communication is the key. Yeah, one of the things I would add to that is that the good news is cyber insurers are paying on their claims. Right. Absolutely. However, one of the areas where there are coverage disputes or some friction at the outset has to do with the choice of service providers. So if an organization has a specific vendor that they have a relationship with that they would like to use that is not on the insurer's pre-approved panel, the time to have the conversation about adding them to your policy is with the underwriters as you're approaching renewal, not in the throes of a claim as it is playing out. I'd much rather have that conversation with an underwriter who's eager to bind the coverage and get the premium on the books than I am to have it with an adjuster in the hours and days following an event. Because then we first have to get the firm vetted and the clock is ticking. And that is never a good scenario. So it's best to have those conversations up front. We completely agree, right? And that's, I think Mattia was kind of hinting at that when we were talking about the tabletop, right? It's all going through Tabletop exercise is incredibly valuable because you do things like that. It's like, who would be my vendor? And to kind of Matthias' point, you, you vet them, right? It's it's not some vague exercise. Um, you really vet them and you, you solve for a lot of these issues early because, again, right, it, it is chaos when this happens. And you're going to want people you want and the firms you want advising you and representing you. So it's it's really important to make sure that this is resolved, again, early and often. Well, there's no doubt that this is an evolving, complex, and, and ever-changing risk where talk is cheap. Action needs to be put into, into place, and we look forward to working with our clients to help them find a more rewarding way to manage risk through this issue by implementing a lot of these practices and processes and procedures as uh, the hackers and other cybersecurity incidents take place. We'll work to prepare our clients so that they're not on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. David, Steve, and Mattia, thank you for your time, your insights. We look forward to the next opportunity to get together, and we look forward to speaking then. 